the Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. This is News Talk. Now then, you're very welcome along. So, the show this evening, World Cup is fast approaching. Dan McDonald is flying out very shortly. We're going to talk to Dan on the football show. We'll preview England in particular. This hour, Philippe Auclair will talk to us about the French. They are defending champions. They have more talent to pick from maybe than any other team in the world. And yet they've had a very iffy 2022. So Philippe will explain all. And then a slight tangent coming at you between eight and nine. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. Richie McCormick, good evening. Gentlemen, you well? Very well. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. The World Cup feeling very real, Michael. So we're going to talk some football this evening in some respects, we have talked about everything but the football for so long. Yeah, It's uh, okay to talk about the football too, I think, at this stage. I think it probably is. I think we'll come back to all the other stuff. I personally, I don't think I could hear another word come out of my mouth about <laughs> and what's, yeah. you know, and that's terrible because you do get kind of sick of hearing the same things, even though it's really, really important. Uh, but, you know, I think that'll happen as, as we get to Qatar. I think we'll start, you know, diving back into it again in a, in, a, in a real way but actually there is a football tournament happening and you know seeing the England team photo today for example was the first time I thought it felt in any way like not quite yet a World Cup but something significant yeah it's hard not to feel a touch sanctimonious when you do this job and you're talking about the World Cup I don't walk around to everyone I meet <laughs> in the other areas of my life talking about this but when you are talking about this World Cup you have to but, we but it's also it is also football. hard to you know, to talk about the World Cup and not to not to talk about something that is so vastly more important. That's exactly and that, and it's hard not to do it. So you don't want to always do it, and you don't want to be listening to yourself. But that's why it happens because <laughs> it's wrong not to. Yes. Well, we'll still bring you some of genuinely just the great football journalists around the world over the next couple of days. So, like I said, Philippe is coming up this hour. He'll talk to us about France. We'll talk about some England on the football show, and then tomorrow, Tim Vickery is going to join us to talk. Brazil in particular, he might box off some other South American sides. And then Marcela Mora Irahu will join us to talk Argentina. And she's just always forever fascinating on Argentina. And they're in an interesting place in that they pitch up at this World Cup. As The Guardian says, they arrive for the first time at a World Cup in total peace. Team spirit, hard work. Uh, there's a selfless aspect to this team. They're a well-oiled machine. They are 35 games unbeaten. And the story of their coach is a lovely one, really. So in 2018, they crashed and burned in Russia. They only made it to the last 16. And Jorge Sampaoli was sent packing. That was the end of his terrible tenure. And at the time, Lionel Scaloni, his assistant, was given the job very much on an interim basis. Just sit in there. There's some uh, youth tournaments coming up as well. You're the interim boss. Now here we are four years later. And Scaloni is still very much in charge. Mm. Messi has never been happier playing for Argentina, never more beloved in Argentina. That standoffishness yeah. has dissipated massively and there's a sense that his fifth World Cup could be his best. So that's Marcella tomorrow. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> like remember tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Big setup for tomorrow. But uh yeah, you remember like the France game four years ago, four and a half years ago. 
and it just felt like the end. It just felt like, you know what, Argentina actually played okay that day, but we knew they weren't going to win. And it just felt like it's over. That was the, that was the end of Messi. Mm. And I think technically it was for a little while, but you know he'll be back, but he's not going to make another World Cup at this stage. And he's certainly not going to be the same player he was. And you know, I don't know, in the last 12 months, it just and since like the Copa America and then him playing well so far this season with PSG, and suddenly you're just in a completely different mindset about approaching... Argentina in this World Cup like it, it's dare I say exciting I suppose in context now the last time they were this excited was 2002 where they completely crashed and burned <laughs> so maybe I don't know they made suits certain countries to go in with a little yeah they're very old I was looking at their squad last night right uh-huh. and what age would you say Nicolas Otamende is 32 no he's 34 but I thought he was at least 38 or you know he seems like he's been finished for a long time but there's Di Maria there's Messi there's Otamende there's four or five others that are over 30 I would say they're uh, you know Tagliafico and again a couple more I can't even remember off the top of my head and you just feel like it's an old enough squad Mm. Uh, but none of them I think are past it or anything Reading the previews which makes everyone an expert everything I'm saying here is borrowed lifted and repeated I have not watched all the Argentinian games I haven't watched Brazil all that much but reading the previews on Brazil there is a degree whereby their midfield situation onwards is Pacoeta, West Ham, very attack-minded, Rafinha, Neymar, Vinicius Jr., Richarlison and Casemiro. Now, I think there's going to be a real degree of the Claude Makaleli's about this as his Real Madrid teammates in front of him put their hand on their hips and say, well, you need to stop this counter-attack. <laughs> I feel like Casemiro is going to be looking around saying, what's going on here? That is very attacking. That's, yeah. the, that's their starting lineup. <laughs> They should have brought Douglas Louise, Joe. Well, indeed, indeed. So, Tim Vickery on the way tomorrow. Richie, the likes of Marcella, Tim, Philippe, they're uh, getting you excited. No, Richie yet, he's no, gone. Apparently, Richie's disappeared, yeah. So, I was wondering why he wasn't contributing to our, our World Cup conversation what, here. What are we going to do? I don't, do you want me to read his news <laughs> No, it's okay. <laughs> I think I have it somewhere. I have it right here. Will I make a start and you can jump in at some stage? Just as in, like, take over the reading. I might hand over to you as if we're... You go for it. Let's hear what Jack Chambers had to say today. So the cabinet, to start the news round, which I should say is as ever, with thanks to our friends at Gillette Labs. And the news round is also in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. Let's jump into the news round. When Richie joins us, we'll hand back to him. Uh, The cabinet has signed off, Mick, on Ireland's bid to co-host Euro 2028. Here we go again. UEFA's formal deadline for bids is tomorrow. Under the plan, both the Aviva and Crow Park would potentially share seven games, seven games, if the bid succeeds. Here is Minister of State for Sport, Jack Chambers, outlining the financial aspects of the bid on this evening's hard shoulder. Economic benefit is projected to be over 361 million. The projected tourism spend from people who have arrived here, we expect 120,000 fans are projected to travel and would spend up to about half a billion euros. So there's very strong economic benefit to this. The projected spend or cost of this uh, would be up to 135 million. Um, and that would include uh, all, would include inflation and all contingencies. So we've built the full possible costs into that uh, in the context of 2028 and around inflation and contingencies. But still, there's still a very strong return on investment for the country uh, and you know we've costs around steady infrastructure local delivery mechanisms but also legacy and promotion so it benefits sport in Ireland um, and this you know has has enormous benefits around jobs tourism 
legacy uh, and obviously we'll be working on the specific bud, bid um, criteria over the coming months with UEFA and the bid company that's being established mm. as a special purpose vehicle will, will, do, will enable that. So that is the one hand. The other hand here voiced by Labour Party spokesperson Aidan O'Riordan, he says all the money would be much better spent elsewhere. I'm not sure that this is really the conversation we need to be having. We could, we could be having, if we had ambition for football in Ireland, we could be having big European teams coming here every year if we had investment into, into infrastructure, into grassroots football, into believing that you know, the League of Ireland can, can go to the next level, that the women's league can be professional. Mm, this is uh, always the debate. So Aidan O'Riordan there, I think, makes very valid points. We can go for the one hit, host the tournament, or we can get very serious about developing the League of Ireland academies and spend all this money in a more sustainable way. I heard it suggested this morning to me that the um, is this I don't know covering over the fact that there's a lack of investment in Irish football. Is this like you know the the shiny toy at the at the top, yeah. and not doing any of the work, the 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 foundations? I was like, I don't think that even enters their head. I don't think the fact that there's no infrastructure in Irish football is even relevant to these, you know, it's like they, they want the shiny thing, but they don't actually care. They're not trying to gloss over anything. It's not even under radar, mm. you know. So I would say that is, I would say that's a very fair point. I don't know how much money is being spent on this. Um, it obviously always ends up being a lot and there are some benefits to it and it's fine. It is fine. But we need to... <laughs> you know, there's been a long-standing, thirty-year mm. need for a serious conversation about our our facilities and our our setup and our foundations. It's it's so interesting because it's it's happening at this point where because of Brexit, the Irish League of Ireland academies are going to have to get serious. We have no option. This can't be kicked down the can. This this can can't be kicked down the road. Miguel Martin, when he was in this studio, it must be eighteen months ago now, did say there would be special funding for League of Ireland academies. I don't know where we are on that, but. That debate is probably one we should have on the show, mm. hosting the Euros versus how, how we're spending, how we could be spending that money, I suppose. Uh, the yeah. problem is it's hard without specifics, but we will come back to it for sure, I would think. Uh, we'll move on to the rugby. Ross Byrne has been added to the Ireland squad for Saturday's test with the Wallabies. Andy Farrell has seen his options at out half squeezed by that head injury to Joey Carberry. Jonathan Sexton being monitored by the Irish medical staff. He picked up a dead leg in the win against South Africa. Dan Sheehan speaking today and says they want to outdo their Springboks performance when the Wallabies visit the Aviva on Saturday. I'll press on. FAI CEO Jonathan Hill says the association supports calls for the basic human rights of women and the LGBTQ community to be protected in Qatar. He says the association's been in correspondence with Amnesty International ahead of the World Cup. Hill has also backed the calls for protection of migrant workers in the Gulf state, but stopped short of criticising the regime there. There's an interesting um, text here. Sorry, Joe, I haven't sent it from Connor and Limerick saying what would be the likely implications on Crow Park availability for GA championships in the summer of 2028. I think we've got to talk about that a good bit if, if this comes up in the meantime, you know. It's like a summer championships. It's going to be in June, yeah. July, maybe. It depends on what... Like, I mean, that could be all Ireland final time by then. Yeah, but you see, the Euros isn't limited to um, weekends. Seven that's, games. Yeah, maybe that's Tuesday, true Wednesday, well. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, be fine. Yeah. Sure. So, so the All Ireland final 
We'll have mar- football markings on the pitch. By 2028, the championships will run from the end of April to the second week of May anyway. It'll be over. <laughs> we'll be deep into the club, cha- club deep league at into that the stage. Club yeah. championship then. <laughs> hey, guess who's joined us? Oh, yeah. Oh, don't mind us, Richie. We're just live on the radio, on national radio at that. That's a, a, a poor workman blames his tools, and I am blaming uh, my tools, which were provided by. Look at him! He went off to get a cup of tea. Just honey and lemon, Michael. S- sick of these idiots talking about the World Cup. I'm off. Well, I just thought it was going to be another Ronaldo thon, so I thought you know no. maybe. I haven't mentioned his name. Uh, there we go. Ruined no. it now. We haven't mentioned his name actually. We're sick of Ronaldo, but maybe skip the first few minutes of a slight tangent later on. <laughs> so we're. Uh, Hurting long. We've been reading your news bulletin in your absence. Can I point out something I had to skip over? And I, I, I did it beautifully. If you look there at your, uh, if I do say so, if you look there at your Irish story, Andy Friend, he says, has seen his options at out half squeezed. Andy Friend. Oh, oh Andy well Friend. done, Joe. I didn't even notice that. You tried to do me dirty there, pro. Richie. Really tried to do me dirty well there. Well what other typos are in this thing? You can take over. We are down to Carlos Kiros. Yeah, the Iran head coach says he'd only answer questions on the rights of women back in Iran if he was paid to do so. Mass demonstrations have been taking place against the Iranian regime and the team showed their support by refusing to sing the national anthem ahead of a friendly earlier this month. Uh, Iran opened their campaign against England on Monday and Kirosh has been asked if they plan to do the same in Qatar. In Iran, it's exactly like uh, in your country, in England. You follow the spirit of the game and the laws of FIFA as far as you express yourself in football according to those principles and values. Everybody have the right to express themselves. I, you guys are used to bend your knees in the games. Some people agree, some people don't agree with that. And in Iran, it is exactly the same. But uh, it is out of question to think uh, that uh, the Iran national team is suffering any sort of issues like that. The players, they only have uh, one thing in mind, which is to fight for that dream to be in the, the second round. Are you okay representing your country in Iraq this world that represses the rights of women? Can, uh, to which uh, channel you work? Sky. How much you pay me to answer to that question? Ooh, Carlos. That's a weird... Uh, where is he coming from there, even? Not sure what he means. There is obviously a language barrier, so even all his points aren't super clear. Yeah, crazy false equivalence as well between the the bending in the knee and Premier League teams, and you know, yeah, that was a weird interview. Did you watch more of that, Richie? That sounds like it was no fun for Carlos today. Uh, he it actually it actually got more bizarre. He uh, was asked. He, he, he continues on that thread. He basically says, um, "You come to me with an offer." And I'll give you my answer after the World Cup if the offer is worth my while. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was okay. the gist. And then, out of nowhere, he brings up uh, the treatment of immigrants in the UK. Uh, what point he was trying to make with that, I, I really, I genuinely don't know, and I'm not even going to speculate. Um, but he brought up uh, the treatment of immigrants in the UK um, as his kind of closer on being asked about women's rights in. Uh, in Iran okay. so yeah. well, uh, just a perverse bizarre yeah. press conference from I guess Andy. it's the let any country without sin step up forward first to castigate another is the, the defence there the thing about it is we're going to see like I know people are kind of sick of talking about the, the moral aspects of the World Cup perhaps and yeah. you wanted to talk about the football we're going to get a reminder now that there's going to be a representative of every country in front of a microphone literally every day 
around a match. So whether it's England and Southgate being interviewed every three days, whether it's Kirosh being interviewed after every Iran match, and like their opening game is against England. So we're going to have this question asked again and possibly a follow-up on it. The USA team are going to be asked about this, obviously enough given the group that they're in. And this is just going to rumble on and on and on. So if managers don't want to answer these questions, they better damn sure come up with better ways around them than Kirosh did today. Mm. It's obviously very tricky for him. The Iranian players did stage that very notable protest a couple of weeks ago. One presumes they'll be thinking about doing something similar against England in front of the eyes of the world. And then the other question, of course, is to what extent will the cameras catch all of these protests? I mean, we, we may, uh, by dint of Qatari TV directors and FIFA, never see much of the armbands. It's all FIFA. The Qatari, the Qatari TV point. directors have... The Qatari TV director. It, it's been taken out of host broadcasters hands okay. since 98 I don't so, think FIFA will be zooming in on the armbands no, they, they, they absolutely won't FIFA and we even saw during the last World Cup if you remember that they were stockpiling fan reactions that yeah. weren't necessarily live but fit with the theme of what was going on in those past couple of seconds so they're very much going to stage manage this to uh, an unholy degree in terms of the image that they want to put out of this World Cup being in Qatar and that one will be a almost 99% positive one the idea that you're going to see protests yeah. or uh, scuffles in the crowd or you know people waving flags in, in support of certain uh, um, kind of protests or whatever that's not going to happen and we're not going to see it unless like BBC cameras will be in there independently shooting their own stuff ITV you'd imagine will be the same Yeah. but that's what you're going to be really relying on on Twitter and, and social media to see that kind yeah. of stuff because it's not going to be on telly yeah that's going to be fascinating so the Iranian players a couple of weeks ago they covered the national symbol, the, the emblem on their jackets before the friendly with Senegal and it went viral and went around the world. So mm. what happens in their first game with England if they're all covering the national emblem again? Are FIFA saying cut to the crowd? I mean, it's all of that aspect is going to be Oh, the headshots. There'll be a guy headshots. right beside them. Headshots. Who, like, like, Zoom you know, in. He'll, he'll be literally up beside their face f- tilted up Do you think away so? from the jersey. Do you think so? I don't know. I think it's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should press on Sadio Mane, Rich. Yeah, it's believed Sadio Mane will miss Senegal's first games at the World Cup. The Bayern Munich striker suffered a ruptured tendon during a recent Bundesliga win over Werder Bremen. He has been included in their squad and Senegal's opening Group A game comes against the Netherlands on Monday. They're due to play Qatar and Ecuador in the subsequent eight days. Senegal Federation board member Abdoulaye Sow made the Mane revelation today that he'll be out for a number of games without putting a time frame on his recovery. Uh, text in madness to spend any money on hosting the Euros Irish football needs investment at grassroots to League of Ireland level but here's a novel idea if we do have spare money building houses might be a good idea says one texter these are all the things that the government will have to deal with housing crisis um, healthcare system you name it whatever the, the cause du jour is today and in five years time be very hard to argue against that mm. yeah now, there is another argument, though, that like we're running massive budget surpluses and the issue with a lot of these things isn't money, but proper planning and the infrastructure for that planning. Will to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and spending a few million here is like, it doesn't look great, but like there's a part of me that's like, I am a bit conflicted about this. There's a part of me that like does want that. Like Ireland on, it's not even just the games, it's like Ireland on the name of the tournament. Mm. Like there's a lot of, there is good stuff from that, we dismiss it, but there is also then the other mature part of you saying like that doesn't matter compared to the stuff that, compared to the more important stuff. Yeah, for sure. 
And I mean, I, I love the way I said uh, what the cause du jour will be in 2028, as if it still won't be housing. And it will be housing <laughs> and healthcare, yeah. As it With the same things. Be, yeah. I think, so we had Aidan O'Reilly there and we had Jack Chambers. I think these arguments just need to be based in facts and figures that are absolutely dependable. So when Jack Chambers is saying it's going to be worth X to the economy and it's going to generate this and generate that, oh, yeah. that needs to be verified, that needs to be unequivocal and then we can look at it and say in very very real way what is the cost of this thing because it shouldn't be a massive cost we're not building the Aviva Stadium we're yes. not building Crow Park so it should be relatively feasible but mm. it just has to be laid out very clearly yeah and if Crow Park does need upgrades as it might do I think that's something that we should be looking at anyway yeah and look there's always going to be a certain element of the GA paying for that and there's a certain element of there being some tax fair, tax payer-funded mm. help for it. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, the, the cost is going to be in other places. We also are in a place where Dublin is in a genuine transport and accommodation crisis. Oh, and I can't see there being any difference in six years. Can yeah. you? What are you talking about, Mick? The metro is going to be installed by then. <laughs> That's all, it's all golden. It's not even planned to be, Richie. That's, believe it or gonna, not, there, there isn't even a plan on. for the metro by planning. 2028. Who need, who need, planning's just a, a piffle little thing. We'd be grand. We're going to set up a train going directly from the airport out to Crow Park, and that's going to be the end of it. Grand. Will we ever live in a city where, like, the Lewis has joined up? I don't, don't be a joke. Come on. I don't know. Well, what we'll do, though, is we'll start at the end. We'll ban cars from the city centre and put in congestion charges and all this thing, all while saying, because that's what, that's what London does. It's like, yeah, but you can get around London without your car? Yeah. Uh, the other point as well, however reasonable, quote-unquote reasonable, the um, cost of hosting the tournament is, if by 2028 League of Ireland clubs and academies are not fit for purpose and the money hasn't been spent on getting them fit for purpose then hosting 2028 is a complete misnomer and uh, priorities all out of whack so that's the other aspect if the academies and the league of Ireland clubs are uh, being supported then I think you can say okay look things are at a reasonable place grassroots wise let's let's see about hosting a tournament that's not going to cost fortune mm. so the FAI have named their men's international footballer of the year their women's international footballer of the year and young player of the year who we got Josh Cullen is the FAI Men's International Footballer of the Year. Ireland Captain Katie McCabe was named Women's International of the Year. Gavin Mazunu is the Association's Young International Player of the Year and Under-21 Player of the Year went to West Ham's Connor Coventry. Interesting. Hard to quibble about these things. I know. I'm very partial to Denise O'Sullivan, I have to say. I do think she's been standout. It's hard to talk against Katie McCabe. And then Josh Cullen, good on him. You know, He's, he's been such a yeah. reliable, very solid 7, 8 out of 10 kind of player in those games. Felt Ireland really missed him when he wasn't playing there. Was it the last game? Yeah. I, I, they, they all run into each other a little bit. He was being talked but about as the one player we don't have a ready replacement for at the time in advance. He's he's also that number six that, that Ireland haven't had since... Roy Keane that does all the stopping job but isn't running away from the ball and yeah. is happy to be part of the link-up play. I really like him. I think he's very, very good. I've seen Burnley a few times this year in the championship. God knows why. They're good to watch now, though, actually. And oh, Cullen, Cullen runs the show. He is, he yeah. is, I think, anyway, far and away their best player. Anytime I've seen them. Maybe it's coincidence. I've seen them three times, maybe. They're always on Friday nights, I think, is the reason why you're probably seeing <laughs> yeah, them. Cullen's been great for them. Cullen's been great for us. I think the ready-made replacement for him, not re- replacement, but stand-in certainly, is, is, is Connor Coventry um, because he has played in that role for the under-21s. <clears throat> He's been the direct replacement for Declan Rice in Europe for the last few games and in the Carabao Cup for West Ham. 
uh, and looks really promising and was probably unlucky to, to miss out on a place in this squad, uh, if we're being honest. Okay. Uh, deserves a look at before March, certainly, but he's uh, he's looked really well. One last quick story. Rory McIlroy has come out shooting. Yeah. Yeah, he has indeed. He believes Greg Norman needs to step down as live golf commissioner if peace is to break out in golf. The world number one has been a frequent critic of the Saudi-funded breakaway tour. Live golf players found themselves suspended from PGA Tour events. McElroy says Norman is preventing warring parties from coming together. So I think there's a few things that need to happen. So there's there's obviously two lawsuits going on at the minute, right? There's the PGA Tour versus Live. There's obviously this one that's coming up with the Euro, the DP World Tour in, in February. Nothing can happen if those two things are still going on, especially you're limited in, in what you can do. And then I think from whatever happens with those two things, there's there's a few things that I would like to see on the Live side that needs to happen. I think Greg needs to go. I think he needs to just exit stage left and... Look, he's he's made his mark, but I think now is the right time to to sort of say, look, you've you've got this thing off the ground, but no one's going to talk and, unless there's an adult in the room that can actually try to mend fences. And if those two things happen, then things can things can happen. But right now, it's a stalemate because it there can't be any other way. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! Drove over and reverse back over and drove over a few more times. Adult in the room. That is strong. He's not wrong. I just can't believe he said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been probably a little bit more subtle in the past, but get, go on, Rory. God, I love, I love 2022 Rory McIlroy. Yeah. God. Best character in sport. I just hope there's a camera on Greg Norman when he first hears that. I just want to... Hold out chewing a wasp like he always looks like. His reaction. Like, <laughs> but imagine someone calling for you to be sacked. Wow. Uh, plenty of people have. Have you seen well, our YouTube indeed. comments? Indeed. Fellas, we are out of time. Michael, thank you for turning up at seven. Oh, yeah. I was here. Seven oh two. Richie, great to have you on. I'm off to get a refill. <laughs>